You may have a seat. Our scripture focus for today is found in the book of Romans chapter 1. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets and the holy scriptures regarding his son, who as to his human nature was a descendant of David, and through the spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the son of God by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him and for his name's sake, we received grace and apostleship to call people from among all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. And you also are among those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, brothers and sisters, grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, this, this morning's topic, as you saw, as Pastor Max explained for us at the start, is shopping, which I'm naturally an expert on and can tell you all about. The truth is, I'm a terrible shopper. Um, I, I hope you're good shoppers because we need, we need people like you, otherwise Christmas would be really boring. Um, I, I as a young kid, I hated shopping, so I loved the idea of it. My mom would like pile us all in, so let's go to the store. For us, that was Ann and Hope, which was like our version of Target, and we'd all go down to Ann and Hope, and then all of us kids would kind of scatter, and I'd usually go with my older brother, and we'd like look at Christmas lights for like 10 minutes, and then we were done, and so then I'd go and start like pulling on my mom's sleeve, like, are we almost done? Are we almost done? Are we almost done? And then I would get vindictive. All right, and, and so I'd start hiding in places. And Ann and Hope had all of their clothes on big round racks where you could hide in the middle and no one could find you. Don't do this, kids. Not a good idea. All right, and so I would go in there. My mom, one time, again, I don't even remember, um, but it's a legend in my family that will be told again this Christmas when we're all together because it's always told. And I hid in there and ignored my mom's call until over the PA system came an announcement for a little boy named Scott. And then I knew I was in trouble. <laughs> And we left the store really quickly after that, and painfully, let me tell you. And I guess the truth is, I haven't changed that much. As an adult, I'm kind of the same way. Like, I love the idea of shopping. I love shopping for about 10 minutes, and then after that, I'm kind of done with it. Like, I'm the make-a-list kind of person, and then, and then get in, get out. Right? So, I, again, I don't know the way that you are, but I, I know that this is the time for shopping. Right? This is the time when everybody's trying to find that perfect gift, when everybody's out uh, doing that last-minute shopping, trying to figure it out there's how many days left of shopping till Christmas? <laughs> None of you know. That means you're either done or you just don't care. <laughs> like six days? I think uh, my, my, my six-year-old would argue it's like four because he always wants it to be faster than it is. <clears throat> right? But, but the truth is, at, at Christmas, we give gifts to one another in order to be a blessing. Right? To be a blessing one to another, to find the perfect gift for that person, the thing that will truly be something that will be memorable for them. And we really kind of seek to do it in a way that, that really does seek the other person first, right? I mean, when you're shopping for that perfect gift for somebody, what are you trying to do? You're, you're trying to show that person that you know them, right? that you care for them, maybe that you listened. Maybe that you know that one thing that they would never really buy for themselves. It's not about the price tag. It's not about what the latest fad tells you you have to buy. It's about the heart that you show and express for the other person. 
And I guess we could probably say like when the, the wallet or the pocketbook meets the heart and you have the right gift. That's what gift giving is all about at Christmas. Gift giving is nothing new or unique, right? Human beings have always given gifts. We give gifts at Christmas based on a tradition of two different things. One of them is the Magi, the wise men who came bearing gifts for the baby Jesus. And the other one is because of the greatest gift of Christmas, Jesus himself. And we look at both of those things, we say gift giving at Christmas time and shopping for those gifts is truly an admirable thing. It really is something that we should seek to emulate as we try to be a blessing to those around us. We give gifts based on these, these two things. And so I want to maybe challenge you a little bit by asking you with one week to go until Christmas, what, what's your motivation in giving? What, what is it that, that causes you to go and do that last minute shopping or to do that shopping for someone else? What's your, what's your motivation? Is it to try to create the perfect Christmas or is it to be a blessing to someone that you love? You see, the world will try to push you in the direction of, of trying to create the perfect Christmas with the things that you buy, right? And as evidence, new car ads this time of year, right? You guys see these on TV? These are my favorites. Like one spouse will buy a car for the other spouse. And it always goes something like this. Like it's perfect snow. It's all like it's untouched. And the car like pulls up. And the car is perfectly washed. And it has a bow on the top. And the other spouse is like in the window. Like the morning cup of coffee or hot chocolate. Looks perfect. Right? Out on this picturesque scene. We might say by Courier and Ives to steal a line. And they're like, oh, it's the perfect car. I want a car commercial this time of year that's like, you guys know what it's like when you drive in the snow, right? They put salt down, it's all nasty and dirty, right? Like the car pulls into the driveway, it's got all the salt sprayed up the side of it, the bow's half hanging off, and I don't know anybody who looks that way when they're drinking their first cup of coffee in the morning. Oh, maybe that's a little bit cynical, but you get the picture, right? The idea is if you buy the perfect gift, then you buy the perfect Christmas. But the truth is, Christmas can't be purchased that way, can it? And I don't just mean to be cynical about car ads, but it's a reflection for us as followers of Jesus to recognize truly what gift giving is about at Christmas, to recognize that, that, that Jesus is the, the gift that is perfect. And so we can't create some type of a perfect Christmas. That's not the purpose of our gifts. The perfection of Christmas comes in an untidy, impure, imperfect night in Bethlehem. It's a baby which is born for you, Jesus Christ. And Jesus is, is the gift of the perfect Christmas. Or you might say he's the perfect gift that makes Christmas perfect. In fact, the scriptures say it this way. When the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the spirit of sonship, that we might receive adoption as children of God, that that's what this gift has done. The gift of Jesus Christ enables us to be called children of God, that we are all sons and daughters of our heavenly father, because the perfect gift was given. It's the gift that makes Christmas perfect. And as with all gifts, this gift needs to be unwrapped. All right, so let's spend a second on that tradition. What's unwrapping presents like in your homes? 
We call it present palooza at our house. Right? It's just like wrapping paper thrown, like little bits of wrapping paper in the dog's ear. Right? And the dog's wearing multiple bows because everyone thinks it's funny to take a bow off and slap it on the dog. And the dog's just kind of walking around going, what's going on and why is everyone on the floor? Right? But you don't know what's in the gift until you unwrap it. And we were four, there were four of us growing up, and we had this tradition. I'm sharing a lot of our, of our traditions. I hope that's okay with you this morning. Um, the, the four of us kids, when we got a little bit older, um, we started to, to kind of get mean with each other about wrapping presents. So, like, I might buy my sister a pen, but I'm wrapping that pen in a refrigerator box with another box inside of it, with another box inside of that, with another box inside of that. And when she finally would get to the pen, it would be, like, wrapped in duct tape. It's taken her a good five minutes to get to that pen, right? And you began to, I, I'm just saying, forgiveness is a big thing for us too, okay? You're all looking at me like, you guys are nuts. But you learned not to trust the wrapping. And there's something to that in the gift of Christmas as well. To not trust that untidy, imperfect night. But instead to recognize the gift that has come. And how amazing it truly is. And in order to unwrap that gift, enter the Magi with their perfect gifts. Because the gifts that the Magi bring help us to truly unpack, to unwrap the gift of Jesus. Because the Magi bring how many gifts? Three. And they are? This side of the room is really nailing it. I don't know what happened over here. Three gifts, right? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Three gifts that help us to unwrap the gift of Jesus. They bring him gold, a gift for a king. And Jesus is our king. Of his earthly line, we read in the scriptures that he was of the line and house of David. He had royal lineage, but that's not what makes him a king. What makes him a king is the words that he will speak later on. In fact, when he's on trial in front of another magistrate, on trial for his life, And that magistrate says to him, so you are a king then. Do you remember Jesus' response? My kingdom is not of this world. But instead what we learn is that he is the great king above all kings. That he is the king of the heavens and the earth. This one who is born has a different type of rule and reign. His kingdom of love. Jesus is our king. They present him with frankincense, incense, a gift for a God, that which is burned with prayers to ascend to an aroma pleasing to the Lord, this gift that enables us to see the babe unwrapped, to know who he is, Jesus is our God. And make no mistake about it, brothers and sisters, the scriptures declare him to be so. He is Emmanuel, which means God with us. In fact, you might recall that this God who has come to dwell among his people has come to suffer and to die, and that after his crucifixion and resurrection, he appears to those whom he seeks. And as he appears to his friends in an upper room, one of his disciples isn't there, a man named Thomas. And so after the event, Thomas brazenly says, unless I touch him, unless I put my finger in his side, unless I feel his wounds, I will never believe. Well, a week later, Thomas is in the room with his friends. And Jesus again appears to him. And Jesus declares the resurrection of the flesh. Go ahead, touch. 
Do you remember Thomas' declaration? The one who formerly said, I wouldn't believe. He says, my Lord and my God. Frankincense. Because Jesus is our God. And myrrh. That final gift that the Magi bring to him. The most troubling gift. Myrrh, which signals sacrifice. And Jesus is our sacrifice. That he has come to pay the price for our sins. That he has come to die on our behalf. To suffer and die on the cross that we might receive forgiveness of sins. That we would not suffer for the sins that we have committed. But instead, Jesus, who is our true God, is a sufficient ransom for sin, from sin, death, and the devil for all. That this is what God has done for us. That Jesus Christ, this gift of Christmas, is our King, is our God, and is our sacrifice. It's an amazing gift that's given to us. The amazing gift of Jesus Christ himself. And the gift that the Magi brought, these gifts are the gifts that teach us about the true gift of Jesus. They help us to unwrap the gift and to see that it's beautiful. Or as we might declare it, amazing. And so the Apostle Paul writes to the believers and he says these words, grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, God got you these gifts. Grace and peace. Did you ever... Do you ever put those tags on your gifts, right? You put it right like on the outside, to mommy. And then it says from, we always, little, we're little, we cross it off and put love, Scott. Grace and peace to you from God your Father. The gift of grace, the gift of peace. He didn't have to purchase them with money, did he? But instead with the blood of Jesus. This gift is purchased for you. Listen to what the prophet Isaiah says. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me. And eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest affair. Sounds like a pretty good Christmas, doesn't it? The gift of God given to you, paid for by Jesus Christ. The greatest gift of Christmas. So shop in peace, if you can. Shop is a blessing for other people. To give the gift that demonstrates the gift that's been given to you. The gift that makes Christmas perfect. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.